0: On this edition of Jerusalem Dateline, the new alliance between Saudi Arabia and Iran. What does it mean for Israel, the Abraham Accords, and the global balance of power? Plus, imagine a future where the world's toughest challenges have been conquered, in the areas of medicine, food scarcity, poverty. We'll speak with one author who sees the possibility. Plus, the world's oldest Bible goes up for sale. All this and more coming up on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. Last week, China announced it brokered an agreement between Saudi Arabia and Iran to restore diplomatic relations. The bombshell announcement sent shockwaves throughout the region and all the way to Washington, D.C. It's also fueling fears that America's influence is declining while China's is on the rise. And it's raising concerns about Israel's security and the future of the Abraham Accords. Take a look at this report, followed by a conversation I had with Gordon Robertson on The 700 Club about the implications for the region. After more than a year of meetings and four days of negotiations in Beijing between Iran and Saudi Arabia, China said the three nations reached an agreement. The deal includes resumption of diplomatic relations, reopening their embassies within two months, and a commitment to respect each other's sovereignty, keeping out of their internal affairs. Many Middle East observers are concerned over China's role in brokering the deal.
1: The new and uh, uh, deeply concerning factor here is the Chinese uh, role in all of this. To suddenly find, um, kind of as a surprise, that our new great power competitor, the primary threat To uh, the American-led world order, China was so central to this deal that involves not only our worst enemy in the Middle East, but bringing them together with one of our oldest Arab friends and allies and partners in the region, Saudi Arabia is a new and worrisome development about China's own penetration and influence in this critical part Mm. of the world. Jason Greenblatt, one of the architects of the Abraham Accords, says it reveals
0: China's growing influence and America's waning power in the region should be a
2: wake-up call to the Biden administration. The United States essentially has ceded some important ground, an important area for U.S. stability and security to China to some degree that's not good for the United States. I think the United States ought to pay attention. I don't know if the Biden administration was caught flat-footed, it's hard to tell, but they ought to pay much closer attention now and work with the region, in particular Saudi Arabia, to be a part of it and not pivot away from it.
0: Hanna recently visited Saudi Arabia and met with its top leaders. He says Saudi is hedging its bets because its relationship with the U.S. is not as strong as it once was.
1: If the Saudis had their druthers, the relationship with the United States would be strong, secure. They'd have enormous trust and confidence in it. Unfortunately, that has all eroded drastically over the last two years. That was the message we heard when we were in Riyadh. They made clear to us that they're going to have to engage in all kinds of hedging behavior in terms of how they compensate for that loss of confidence in the security role of the United States. CBN
0: News asked Greenblatt what this means for Israel.
2: But I think Israel needs to take a very, very close watch at this. Them too, I don't know if they were caught flat-footed here, but I think that rather than blaming within Israel whose fault this is, I think they need to look forward and figure out how do they protect Israel and how do they further integrate Israel into the security architecture of the Middle East.
0: Despite this deal, Greenblatt remains bullish on the Abraham Accords and
2: believes it's still possible Saudi Arabia could join. I am still very optimistic. As I mentioned, I travel there a lot, and with each passing trip, I'm just sort of amazed of what's happening on the ground what's happening on the ground in particular in Saudi Arabia So I'm very very optimistic and I think we can look to the UAE to understand a country that has recognized a way to be close with Israel develop strong ties with Israel do significant business and have security cooperation with Israel while at the same time being realistic and understanding that Iran is also part of the region and they can have ties with Iran while at the same time as having ties with Israel
0: with the agreement just days old Many questions still remain about its impact on the region, from the possibility of a military strike by Israel against Iran to the war in Yemen.
3: Well, Chris, how does this affect Saudi Arabia joining the Abraham Accords? Is that now dead in the water or or do you still see hope here?
0: No, Gordon, I don't think it's dead in the water, and it doesn't eliminate the prospect that they, the relationship between Saudi Arabia and Israel could have the Saudis joining the Abraham Accords. You know, last Thursday, they actually said what they wanted to join the Accords, and what they want first, and most of all, they want the relationship between themselves and the U.S. Uh, repaired, and they, they actually did that in a Wall Street Journal article last Thursday. And the UAE is an example of a Gulf nation that can actually uh, sort of walk and chew gum. They can develop strong t- with Israel economically and militarily, and yet they still have diplomatic and trade relations with Iran for the last several months. So I think this agreement doesn't necessarily eliminate the Saudis from joining the Abraham Accords.
3: Well, what impact will this have in the Middle East, specifically the war in Yemen? Um, You know, you look at it and it kind of seems improbable. Saudi uh, Saudi Arabia was attacked by Iranian drones, uh, one of their refineries, and, and now they're coming to reestablish diplomatic relations. So how broad of an impact is this?
0: Well, in terms of the the war in uh, Yemen, Gordon, it's been going on for years, and it's right now been paused for about a year. Iran has said earlier, actually even today, that this agreement will bring about a political solution uh, and settlement in uh, Yemen. But however, That means the world is really going to be depending on the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps to keep those commitments. And will Iran cooperate by restraining the Houthis? As you mentioned, uh, you know, they've they've sent uh, missiles to not only Saudi Arabia, but to the UAE as well. So uh, will Iran be able to restrain their proxy there in Yemen remains to be seen.
3: All right. Well, how's it affecting the internal political climate inside Israel? Uh, it looked like there was hope for Saudi Arabia to normalize relationships with Israel, uh, create a block against Iran. And, and is, that, is that a problem now for Israel?
0: Well, politically, inside uh, uh, Israel right now, Gordon, it's really white-hot politically. There have been demonstrations for weeks about the judicial reform. Uh, Really one of the most contentious times in Israel's history that I can remember. Uh, When the announcement came out, there was uh, condemnation by all of Netanyahu's opponents, uh, Yair Lapid, Naftali Bennett, Benny Gantz. On the other hand, there's been no comment by the foreign ministry and no comment by uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. And there's a larger question here uh, as well, Gordon. I think, does this preclude Israel from uh, launching a military strike against Iran's uh, nuclear facilities? I think the answer is no. I think uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and Israel uh, really feel that they will not be restrained by any agreement if they feel that the. Iranian nuclear program constitute an existential threat to the Jewish state.
3: All right, Chris, well, thank you for your insight.
0: Recently, CBN News producer Myra Yazdari was asked to speak at the UN Commission on the Status of Women and on the subject of violence against women journalists in Iran. Myra fled Iran in 2012 and has reported on events in her native country for CBN News and CBN Farsi. Take a look at what she said at this prestigious event.
4: I want to draw the attention of organizations and bodies that work for freedom of press, freedom of expression, to anonymous citizen journalists, those who have reported the most authentic news by risking their lives to make their cry for freedom heard. In the massacre of November 2018, when the government shut down the Internet for three days and murdered more than 1,500 innocents, these very citizen journalists put their lives in their hands, made up for the lack of independent media, and warned the world about the massive murder and repression. From the first day of the formation of the Islamic regime in Iran, information has been taken hostage. Media has been used as a government propaganda tool from encouraging nine year old girls to get married to broadcasting forced confessions to frighten society. Shockingly, the Biden administration waived sanctions on Iran's state run News R last month. Even while the regime uses the outlet to distort and underreport its murder of dissidents and fuel sham trials against protesters.
0: Myra went on to recommend actions we can all take to support Iranians seeking freedom. She said we should educate local and national policymakers about ongoing events and issues regarding Iran. And she also urged Americans to call their U.S. representatives to to support the Masha Amini Act. That's a bipartisan sanction bill written in response to the killing of Amini and the crackdown on protesters by the Iranian regime. Coming up, have you ever wondered what the future will look like? Author Avi Yurish says it will bring breakthroughs on many fronts that the world desperately needs.
5: Now for a limited time, you can get five of CBN's critically acclaimed documentaries. Experience the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. The historic bonds between the Jewish people and the land of Israel cannot be broken. Relive the battle for Jerusalem in the Six Day War.
6: Jerusalem is yours forever.
5: Discover how Israeli volunteers are changing the world.
7: When people need us, we volunteer and we come and help.
5: Explore the world of Israeli technological innovation. We're people of dreams. God gives us
3: dreams. And
5: that's really the roots, I think, of of much of our innovation. And understand the biggest land dispute in history.
3: Many Palestinian Arabs claim that the Jews stole Arab land. But is that the real story?
5: This exclusive Israel DVD collection can be yours for a gift of $29.99 or more. Call now or go online to get your Israel DVD bundle, which includes streaming access. Download the CBN News app 24-7 news from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. This Easter, spend time reflecting on Jesus' final week. In CBN's free devotional, The Hope for Redemption, you'll follow his path to Jerusalem, observe his last Passover meal, gain insight to his agony at Gethsemane, witness his crucifixion, and encounter the empty tomb. This Easter, realize afresh that he is risen. Get your free copy today. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to CBN.com slash Easter Devotion.
0: The world today faces enormous challenges, especially in planning for life and survival in the future. They include finding solutions in the field of energy, the lack of safe water, food shortages, and how to respond to natural disasters. Best-selling author Avi Yorish writes about the importance of innovations as companies and countries seek to make the world a better place. Turkey's recent earthquakes serve as a tragic reminder of their widespread devastation. Much of the world's major population centers lie in fault lines. Following one major earthquake, an enterprising architect in Japan came up with a solution to house the multitudes of displaced people with temporary shelters, like these made often with recycled paper tubing. That's just one example of how innovators can take unique approaches to find solutions, provide alternatives, and discover breakthroughs for certain problems. Avi Jorish, author of the best-selling Thou Shall Innovate, How Israeli Ingenuity Repairs the World, explored how Israeli innovators feel compelled to make the world better, from medicine to agriculture.
8: Israel created a Ziploc bag that is used in 100 countries around the world that allows farmers to put in their grains, asphyxiate the bugs without having to use any pesticides. That particular innovation is known as the grain cocoon.
0: Now in his new book, Next, A Brief History of the Future, Jorish examines the massive challenges facing the world, reveals what's next over the horizon, and the hopeful innovations that will transform the future. Avi jorish thanks for joining us on Jerusalem Dateline. Uh, you, uh, next, the history of the future. First of all, Avi, tell us why you wrote the book.
8: I felt it was important to really outline where humanity's headed over the course of the next 10, 20, 30 years. The human human race is facing massive challenges. Water, food, artificial intelligence, space, poverty, energy. And there are a tremendous number of innovators around the world that are helping solve some of those challenges. What are those what are those innovations? Who are those countries? And where's humans where are we headed in the next couple couple of years? So it's important to outline those innovations.
0: So you tell lots of stories about those innovators that really have made a difference. What's the mark of a successful innovator?
8: Successful innovators think outside the box. You essentially are looking into the future, and you realize there are solutions to these great challenges. And these innovators are able to see just beyond the horizons and really figure out where are humans going. Chris, we've talked about this before. In 2030, over the course of the next few years, the world is going to fundamentally look different. You have your challenges like cancer, you have AI, you have humans going to space. By 2030, we're gonna solve some cancers. There's gonna be medical solutions to problems that we have. We're gonna be driving autonomous vehicles successfully. By 2030, scientists are predicting that we're gonna be using much more clean energy. Humans will be on the moon and on our way to Mars. And by 2030, computers are gonna process faster than a human brain, which ultimately means that our societies are gonna be more resilient. You're sitting in Jerusalem, in the startup nation, a country that is innovating and making the world a better place, that is solving some of the greatest challenges facing humanity today. Medical innovations, water, food, AI, Israel is a fountain of startups. And when you look at countries that are innovating and making the world better, the future is fundamentally bright. So, do you see this as a compliment to your other book, Thou Shalt Innovate? So, Thou Shalt Innovate looked backwards in time and said, here are the innovations that Israel has produced that make the world a better place, curing the sick feeding the hungry, helping the needy. Next, looks into the future and takes a much more global view and says, here are the challenges that we are facing in the decades ahead, and here are the the challenges and the countries that are innovating solutions. I always say the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed. And when you look at countries like Holland, Japan, Estonia, Israel, you get a sneak peek into where humanity is actually headed and the challenges that we are fundamentally going to solve. For the first time in human Mm. history, given all the technology that we have, we have the ability to really fundamentally create a better future for our children and our children's children in making the world a better place.
0: What's the most pressing problems in your mind and
8: what do innovators need to pay attention to right now? So I would say we have a few here. In the years ahead, we have food, water, disaster resilience, and e-governments. I would say are the biggest challenges facing humans today and you look at a country like Israel food and water making great strides Japan a country that experiences several hundred earthquakes a year we just saw a massive earthquake taking place in Turkey and Syria those countries would be wise to look at what are taking place in places like Japan Estonia has cracked the code on e-governments and essentially allowing their country to operate in the cloud that is leading the way for where countries are going to head in the future and ultimately forcing us to create much more resilient societies. Uh, Avi, two final questions. First of all, is there a dark side to some of these
0: innovations? And when people get your book and read it, what do you want them to take away?
8: So certainly, I would say innovation and technology is value-neutral. It could be used for good, and it could be used for bad. And we've seen innovations that are fundamentally used for bad and for good. And so certainly there's a dark side. But I would say we as humans are the ones to, to really dictate where we're going. Readers of Next. Shimon Peres, the late president of Israel, would always say his greatest mistake in life was not dreaming, but not dreaming big enough. And I would fundamentally, if I had my way, would encourage readers to really open their mind and think about, we've been granted this great privilege and this obligation to make the world a better place. In this book next, you get a sneak preview into where we're headed in the decades ahead. By the end of this century, we will experience 20,000 years of human change. Now, to put that in perspective, we've only had 4,000 years of recorded history. We're going to experience 20,000 years of human change in the decades ahead, by the end of the century. And so when you have that sneak peek, it's massive power. What are each of us going to do to fundamentally alter the course of human events and make it a better place? We have this great privilege and obligation to cure the sick, feed the hungry, help the needy, and I would encourage you to really take that power and move, propel humanity forward.
0: Well, that's all part of Tikkun Olam, making the world a better place, uh, the Jewish concept. So, Avi Yurish, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Chris. Up next, in the areas of Turkey, devastated by earthquakes, the slow process of healing and rebuilding continues, with Operation Blessing staying on location to support the survivors. Names from the Old Testament
3: are being unearthed all over the city of Jerusalem.
4: This was amazing. Come as close as you can get to personalities that are known from the Bible.
5: Astonishing discoveries made today. A jaw-dropping moment of Bible archeology. span This is much more than a thrill. This is actual history that took place here on the site where we sit right now. Confirm the kings and prophets of the Bible left real evidence of their lives.
9: Right time, the right place, with the right people.
3: And one of the most significant finds in recent history. Exactly as the Bible
2: tells us happened in the days of King Hezekiah.
5: Written in stone, kings and prophets. We have the Bible and we have archaeologists. in our story, it's matching.
4: The Old Testament is a reliable history book.
5: Get your copy today for a gift of any dollar amount. Call now or go to cbn.com slash written in stone.
2: Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship, dating back over a thousand years.
5: (laughs) And to a
3: faith tradition dating back a thousand more.
6: This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits.
7: And a culture of hope. anything's possible! It's Christian leadership.
6: And it's changing the world for the better.
9: It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us regent. What is this? That is a gold nugget. (sighs) So what else are you gonna spend it on, Rig?
6: What a day this has been. And to think, it
8: all started by helping Professor Fern with food for the orphanage. I forgot about the orphanage.
0: Join the CBN Animation Club and get Gizmo Go, Rig of the West, plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. And as a bonus, receive the Superbook Easter double feature, which includes The Last Supper and He is Risen. In Turkey, the humanitarian effort to help earthquake victims continues as CBN's Operation Blessing remains on site and working in some of the hardest-to-reach villages in Hatay. CBN News' Brody Carter tells more. Devastation, destruction
6: can be seen in nearly every city of Turkey. Right now, we're in Adana. That's where CBN News is stationed, where some 400 people alone died after several buildings collapsed. Now, despite this, the city is still a refuge for those who've been displaced. It's also a main hub for CBN's Operation Blessing, where they can gather food and supplies for those in desperate need.
9: Everyone knows someone, whether it be a family or friend, who's um, died or their house has been destroyed or life has just been utterly shattered.
6: Operation Blessing remains steadfast in its commitment to serve the people of Turkey. 1.9 million people are internally displaced. Many have fled to Adana, living in tents and temporary shelters.
9: There's a the continued need for financial support here for many individuals, for many organizations, uh, so that Operation Blessing uh, can stay here and we can continue to, to operate and even increase what we're doing to help more families on a daily basis.
6: Operation Blessing's Benjamin Britton says despite the damage and destruction, Adana remains a lifeline for the villages their team serves in Hatai where an estimated 40% of deaths occurred. They travel to Adana several times a week to collect valuable goods and food for the people in hard-to-reach areas.
9: The supplies consist of predominantly uh, food items or buying bulk food items like uh, these food boxes, uh, and as well as, uh, like, rice, beans, oil, sugar, things like that. Um, and then as well as hygiene supplies. So we're serving um, usually at least 500 people a day is, is the goal, um, sometimes more in terms of just the hot foods we're serving. Uh, and then from there, we're distributing, on average, around 300 boxes of food.
6: It's unclear how long it will take to find proper shelter. Tent communities have appeared throughout the country, but more are needed.
9: The destruction is still here. It's not going away. I mean, it will be years uh, to, to start to slowly rebuild for many of these people, whether it be their homes or their businesses, uh, and so it's not a, not a short-term problem. Although uh, there is a lot of damage and it can seem hopeless, Jesus can provide hope uh, and He can be there um, in the darkness.
6: Reporting in Adana, Turkey, Brody Carter,
0: CBN News. Coming up, the oldest complete Hebrew Bible with lettering that looks like the same script you can see in modern Torah scrolls today.
9: Orphan's Promise is committed to loving and serving at-risk children, to helping keep families together and to creating opportunities for strong and sustainable communities around the world. We're working in over 60 countries around the world and with your help, we can do even more. There's an old African proverb I love that says, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run together. At Orphan's Promise, we want to run far so we can touch the lives of as many orphaned and vulnerable children as possible. But we don't want to go alone. We're out to change the world. One child, one family, one community at a time. Will you join us?
5: To the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern gospel favorites like the Gathers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all new CBN
0: Southern Gospel, now available at CBNRadio.com.
5: Introducing a brand new way to start your morning. Get your daily quick start from CBN News. A quick read on the important news of the day, delivered right to your inbox. Stay current on breaking news, politics, and entertainment. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Plus, get exclusive stories and daily scripture encouragement just for you. Stay informed. Go to quickstart.news and subscribe today.
0: The oldest Hebrew Bible in the world is going up for auction at Sotheby's in New York City and it may well become the most expensive book or document ever sold. Known as the Codex
9: Sassoon, this is the world's most complete ancient Hebrew Bible.
7: What you see behind you is a Bible written over a millennia ago around the year 900 in the land of Israel or Syria. Before this, Portions of the Bible had only appeared in Dead Sea Scrolls, and after the Dead Sea Scrolls, after that period, which ended around the first, second century of the common era, there are no book forms of the Bible, there's no biblical text until the year 900, the late 9th, early 10th century, when this Bible was written.
9: A scribe wrote out the Hebrew text on some 400 pages of parchment, and the book weighs 26 pounds.
7: Scholars have researched this Bible and it's very, very close, almost exactly what we have today. And in fact, it's written in the same square Hebrew script that Torah scrolls are written in and that's been used for hundreds of years. If you can read Hebrew script, you can actually read this Bible very easily.
9: It disappeared for 600 years, resurfacing in 1829 when a British man named David Sassoon bought it for 350 pounds. His heirs sold it for $320,000 in 1978, and it was then sold again for more than $3 million in 1989. Sotheby's Auction House expects it to go for 30 to $50 million
0: when it's auctioned in May. The Codex Sassoon Bible is headed for a mini world tour before its auction in May. It will go on display in Tel Aviv next week and travel on to London, Los Angeles, New York City, and Dallas. Well, that's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. But before we sign off, don't forget, this is the week of St. Patrick's Day. If you'd like to take a look at CBN's film, I Am Patrick, go to IamPatrick.com and see how you can access the streaming link to this remarkable film. And as they say in Ireland, I am Begora, which means faith and by God. Well, thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also access CBN content through our CBN News and other CBN apps. And don't forget to sign up for our email blasts so you can continue to receive all of our exciting CBN content. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.